Welcome back to the Mandarin Blueprint Podcast. I'm here with Harry Ching, and um, Harry is about 170 characters or so approximately into the Mandarin Blueprint method, so we thought this is a good time to see how it's going so far, see what you think of the course, and uh, we always, of course, want to talk about how the experience is for different people because, you know, everybody's slightly different, but we find that the course tends to work for everybody in some way. They always find something that they get out of it that helps them learn Chinese faster. And so, um, Harry, maybe you could tell us a little bit about yourself just in general as a person and also why you were searching for a Chinese learning method and, you know, how you came across Mandarin Blueprint. Yeah, so <clears throat> um, I'm a physician. I'm living in Las Vegas, Nevada right now. I... Um, was born in California. So my parents emigrated from Taiwan in the 1970s or so. Mm -hmm. And um, in terms of, you know, in terms of my Chinese journey, all of my friends, I have a lot of, I had a lot of Chinese friends growing up, you know, they would all go to Chinese school, um, pretty much all throughout grade school. And I, for, for some reason, was able to kind of escape that. It was, Chinese school was always seen as something uh, that wasn't very fun, um, but you know, over the years, over the years, I basically would try to try to pick up Chinese, uh, just listening to my parents talk to me, things like that. Um, but never really got anywhere uh, in terms of being able to speak. Um, definitely couldn't read or write anything. Mm. Um, so I was probably at a point where I could maybe speak a, a couple dozen words, um, but didn't know any characters, didn't know any of that. And, you know, as I got older, it's, it, uh, the desire to learn Chinese actually grew a lot more, uh, mm. for various reasons. Um, for example, you know, being able to talk, talk to my girlfriend's parents, uh, was a more recent example. Uh, they're, they speak both English and Chinese, but, but, uh, I met them for the first time recently and wanted to, uh, be able to speak Chinese with them. Um, you know, being able to talk to patients that only speak Chinese. Um, oh, yeah, sure. Uh, which has, you know, I've been able to try to struggle through a little a little bit of that, but definitely not anywhere near the level I would like to be. But in the future, I think I would really love to, you know, kind of be able to build um, that, uh, that patient population. Um, it would, you know, help me serve the Chinese community a lot more. Um, also just... Um, would be great for my practice as well. So, so those are kinds of the, some of the motivations. Yeah, I would say that led me to to uh, to the interest. Yeah, sure, sure. So you got like a number of layers there. So you have, of course, you know the connection directly through your parents, uh, and then of course, if you want to talk, to, I totally get the feeling. Even if your your girlfriend's parents speak English, if you can speak to them in Chinese, that will help. You know, with the connection there, and then of course, hey, if you're taught, if you're literally helping you know, somebody in a, um, you know, medical situation and, uh, you want to be able to better communicate with them. I mean, talk about a trifecta of great motivations to, to get good at it. So that's good. See, when you have the motivation, cause I mean, one of the things we always try to make sure that people understand is that, you know, it's a, it's a map to make sure Mandarin blueprint is a map to make sure that you don't take the wrong path, but that doesn't mean that it's not still like a journey. Like it's not like a magic bullet where you just put a chip in your head and you know, Chinese, but so the motivation is pretty important. If you don't have a strong enough like fire under you, 
then uh, you won't keep going. But then, uh, you know, obviously those three, those are going to be pretty good motivation moving forward. So right. uh, talk a little bit about how, you know, you found Mandarin Blueprint and uh, how you started to sort of, um, you know, when you were started to see, because I mean, at this point, we kind of understand what would be your motivation and what you'll do with it when you learn Chinese. So maybe you could talk a little bit about how, when you started with the Mandarin Blueprint method, um, how it started to either work or not work or, you know, what your experience was as you first got into it. Yeah. So <clears throat> just, I guess, uh, I stumbled on, on your guys' post on Reddit, um, a few, few weeks back and it just seemed really interesting, um, that you guys were trying to take this new approach, uh, to language learning, language acquisition. And, um, I'm all for like, you know, trying novel methods of learning because, because, you know, before I found your guys' posts, which by dumb luck, you know, because I don't think I would have figured out, I, I don't think I would have found you guys, um, if not for that Reddit post. Right. Um, and if I had not just seen, looked at the subreddit that one day or two that you guys were there, but, um, before finding you guys, I had tried, you know, I tried an online course. Um, I tried using apps, uh, a couple of the most popular uh, apps that are, uh, there are for um, learning. And I was basically just trying to do, trying to learn characters through rote memorization mm -hmm. because I kind of realized um, uh, before, even before I heard you guys talk about it, how, how important characters are and how you kind of need to be able to read in order to like fully acquire the language. Mm -hmm. um, so I was trying to do this just through, just through writing characters out, um, which is basically how, you know, kids learn um, and how I would have learned in Chinese school if I had I gone to Chinese school. Mm -hmm. uh, I, my friends all tried to do it right, but now they all forgotten how to read, of course. Yeah, yeah. And, um, uh, and it just didn't work. The, the whole writing, writing characters um, repetitively, yeah. uh, I would forget it a few days later. I would forget characters and I would just there I was just I was thinking to myself there has to be a better way to do this and then I saw your post um, and I thought that was like really cool yeah yeah it has to be a user it really is a use it or lose it thing if you do rote memorization um, and I can actually comment on this per, quite um, you know sort of poignantly at the moment because I've been in the states for the past uh, four and a half weeks or so so I haven't been forced to speak Chinese in day-to-day -day life or, uh, you know, I have been reading Chinese just because it's still, you know, I look at my computer and there it is. But still, you know, when it comes to remembering characters, uh, if you don't, if you use the Mandarin Blueprint method and you don't use it necessarily every day, the recall is way faster because you, 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 know, you have this crazy mnemonic in your head about something, you know, and so it's not like, if you if you don't use it from rote memorization, you're you're out of the country for a little bit or whatever. There's a high probability that you just completely forget it and have to start it over, which is you know that's a bummer. And then it means that you kind of have to be way more uh, resilient and persistent, and that's hard. It's like if you have a good recall mechanism through the mnemonics, then that'll help you. So speaking of the mnemonics, you know, so how now if we're just talking about a, a single character we're not talking about like all of the unlocked words or you know picking a prop or picking actors or sets just learning a single character how long does that take you now uh having gone through about you know 170 characters or so yeah i would say i would say that um for the less complex characters uh basically whenever i get to one of those i can i'm it's pretty easy for me now to just immediately put my actor and my props into the scene and where they need to be. And then if it's, if there's like an immediate obvious scene that I can make, 
because right these days I'm making very simple scenes because I figured out that sure. that's that's uh, like you guys have said you know keep it simple um, I could probably do it in sometimes sometimes like 10 to 15 seconds but sometimes it takes me you know up to a minute or two if I need to figure out like what am I supposed to do with this uh, power line and this couch yeah. and the, they don't really do interact in any logical way so I just have to make up something kind of ridiculous but yeah know, yeah it, it still works it's fun though because it's kind of like one of the things I always think is so neat about the method is that you end up with this combination of let's see four usually sometimes five random things and you have to go okay well how would these things interact together? We've got Shaq and a badger and a spoon. What are yeah. we going to do? <laughs> like, you know, exactly. so it's kind of fun. And, and it sounds so ridiculous to people who don't know what the method is, but it's like once, once you get the hang of it. So what, what were you skeptical at the beginning when you, we, you, know, you started watching the videos in level one and uh, like, how is this going to make any sense <laughs> moving forward? Um, I, I was probably a little skeptical, honestly. I don't remember exactly what I was thinking. I think I was just... <laughs> I was keeping an open mind um, yeah. because, because um, if it was, because, <laughs> you know, I had a plan uh, before, right around the time that I was, I found, uh, started the method. Uh, I had a plan to pick up uh, the, the popular Chinese textbook, textbooks that people talk about. Mm -hmm. So I was going to try to go through those textbooks if I hadn't found you guys. Right. And, right. and um, so I was like, all right, I guess I'll try this other way before I go to the textbook method. Cause I knew I had, I was very skeptical about the textbook method. Sure. Um, yeah. I felt like if I if I went down that path, then I probably would never learn. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I was hopeful that that you guys had uh, found a, a good solution. Yeah. So. Yeah. So yeah. Well, totally. So um, the the skepticism that we sometimes feel is like, well, what's nice is that we've been noticing people recently, kind of, uh, you know, it's almost like. Um, when there's something that people have tried for years and years, at first they'll be skeptical of a radical different approach. But once something is like, okay, we've been trying this textbook approach for years and years and people are still not learning Chinese characters, they still are forgetting them, then people's minds will open up a bit more to, all right, let's try something new because yeah, it really, it really can be, um, you know, quite a, uh, a, an overwhelming thing. Sometimes people will see it and they'll be like, wait a second, what is this about? But I'm glad to hear that you kept an open mind because that's the key. So as you moved on, so now, I mean, that's great about the 10 to 15 seconds thing. I mean, like, or minutes, two minutes, like at the long uh, end of it. So now that you've gotten about 170 characters in, have you noticed any impacts on, you know, your, either your day-to-day -day life or any communication with your, your uh, girlfriend or her parents or with your, any of your patients or anything like that so far? It's a little early, but... Yeah. Um, you know, I think, I think that it's actually, um, I am starting to notice an increase in my, um, my spoken vocabulary because mm. even, even before I started, uh, the method, I was probably able to, I was able to speak a few words, you know, but mm -hmm. like less, less than the kindergarten level. Um, right. I probably, I mean, I don't know, kindergartners probably know a few hundred words, right? So I was probably at the less than hundred, <laughs> something yeah. like that. And, um, I'm definitely noticing that pick up and I'm just, I'm trying to do more as much immersion as possible. So I'm trying yeah. to like listen to, um, Chinese in the car whenever possible. I try to, me and my girlfriend, we watch, um, Chinese TV whenever we can. Um, uh, and then I'm starting to pick up, I'm starting to pick up things that they say that, um, in the shows that vocabulary that I'm learning in the, in the blueprint method, 
Um, mm -hmm. So that's been that's been really cool. Um, I'm using like the English subtitles uh, like slightly less maybe. Yeah, so yeah. I can definitely see feel some progress for sure. Yeah, that's great. That's great. So and so that's like more some things that might have been happening in your life, and you know, uh, hopefully we can talk to you uh, a little bit later down the road and see how it's going when you've gotten a bit further into the course. But how about like the mechanics of how the course works in terms of you have these different phases of the course. So at this point, if you're in the um, late hundreds, you'll just be in phase three of the course. I believe, and so, yeah, that, so so there's four there's five phases total, but the first phase is basically getting the Hensley movie method down, and the second phase is learning how to sort of use Anki with vocabulary cards and and make connections to the the cards there, and then the third is to start to put the words and characters together to create sentences. So how have you been experiencing the uh, mechanics of that, and are you finding that the sequence of the characters and sort of the um the order in which things are introduced to you how, how has that experience been so far you know i think that's um you know i like you guys have said uh before on on your show like that is one of the most kind of unique parts of the method right is is the order of the characters and i thought no i thought that was great um going smoothly uh in terms of you know, adding props um, over time, adding characters over time to just build on, um, build on your your knowledge of characters and the language. Um, so that I think that's great. Uh, I hope you guys, you know, I hope you guys expand it. Uh, I know We're you guys on it. <laughs> talked about expanding, so uh, yeah. really excited about that. Um, I think you know when I got first got to reading sentences um, without pinging, that was that was awesome. You know, yeah, like you guys. Um, say I thought that was that just felt really good. Um, it was really cool. Um, you know, in terms of when I'm reviewing sentences, when I'm reading um, sentences in the Anki cards and stuff, I feel like it's sometimes I'm unsure of like which sentences to unlock. For example, in mm -hmm. my in my deck, um, sure. and I think I've gotten and you know the whole like. You know, some sentences you guys have multiple closes, so you have you have multiple cards. I feel I've found personally for me, I I used to spend some time to actually look through each close of a given sentence and figure out which one I wanted to choose. Yeah, but I wasn't sure that that was really that valuable for me. Okay. So these days, what I'm doing is I go through the sentences. I'll read through a sentence all the the sentences you guys have on the page, and then any any sentence that has either um, that has words used in a way that seems kind of new um, to me or a grammatical structure that seems kind of new, I will just unlock the, the close, the first, the close number one for that. And then I won't even look through the other closes just because sure. it just seems like a simpler way. It was getting too complex for me to, to choose which sentence cards to unlock. And this is actually something that I, I wanted to, uh, maybe bring up like do you guys think that um, for the people that like the like the first you know the first hundred characters you guys are very you walk you walk you through you walk your clients through it and you just hold their hand mm -hmm. but with unlocking sentences it's become a lot more complex and I was wondering if did you guys ever think about maybe um, bolding specific sentences that you guys would recommend like just unlock if you don't want to think about you know which sentences to unlock just do these couple because these yeah. are the most important sentences for this 
Well, that is what we do in phases four and five, because in phases four and five, the sentences that are most important are part of a larger text. Uh, and so you'll get okay. that in phase four and five, but it might be worth doing that in phase three. It's a, it's a tricky thing to figure out because on the one hand, we want to make sure that in phase three, because sentences are kind of the whole, it's like that's the main layer of focus. Uh, uh-huh. We kind of want to make sure that if people want to, they, they can have all of them if they want. Uh, but that said, we, uh, I think that's a good idea because what we should maybe do is have a track that we give people where we say, all right, this is the track for if you want to get through this, these sentences as quickly as possible. And uh-huh. you know, we would just say, we would just like say, bear in mind that because of this, you'll only get one sentence per usage of each word. So it is, you know, it's possible you probably needed on a few, in the case of a few words, you, you needed a couple more sentences, but this mm-hmm. is like the fast track and, you know, right. maybe a little bit more speed versus quality, but still, you know, it's like if you did all the sentences, it's probably overkill. So that's a good idea. Maybe we'll do yeah. that for phase three. The only reason I brought, I bring it up really is because, I feel like some people would maybe start getting a little bit overwhelmed um, because yeah, sure. came, there, there was a point where, you know, sometimes there's, sometimes you guys have like a dozen sentences for a given word or mm-hmm. character. Not, not, it's usually not, I mean, it ranges right from like two to 10 maybe. Yeah. Um, but um, there was it's like, sometimes I'm like tired at night. I'm just trying to get a few, get, yeah. get through a few uh, characters for that day. So I don't have a, a day where I'm not, uh, doing getting through any characters, and then I come up with a word, and it's like a dozen sentences, and I just feel like, you know, yeah. it just makes me feel tired to see so many sentences, and I'm like now I have to figure out which card to unlock. Um, yeah, sure. And I'm just worried that some clients could possibly get a little overwhelmed with that. I don't know if I yeah, don't that, know if no, that's great feedback. That. That's great feedback because I mean we're, we're it's hard to say because you know one of the things that I did, which was sort of a bit of a I look back at it now and I think it was you know it wasn't the worst thing to do, but I spent too much time in individual sentences, and so I just kind of and to some degree I had a little bit of like put my head down and grind it out type of attitude about it, like kind of just okay do loads of sentences per day, and you know I wish I had kind of gone into longer texts earlier because that makes it more interesting. You know, uh-huh. that's obviously if you have more context, then it's not just a random sentence like you know uh, she jumped up into the tree and you know slapped a bird how rude and then it's like in the next sentence is uh i was eating at my aunt's house and like there's just no relation between the sentences so that's something that can get a little bit tiresome because it feels like okay this is sort of random oh there's 10 sentences here and even though sure it's definitely you know intellectually it's uh, solidifying your knowledge of the word i think maybe giving it a fast track or giving a like you know hey these are really important sentences and these are optional might be a good idea and that way we can you know and that wouldn't be all that hard for us to do either um we're, we're about to do a bit of an update of all the Anki decks with uh, just some corrections that we've had over the past few months and just uh, re-upload them. So maybe we'll do that before uh, that re-upload. That's a good, that's a good piece of feedback. Great. Yeah, cool. Um, I know that you said before this call, you had a couple of things you want to talk about. Was that one of them? The uh, point about the sentences? Yeah. I mean, that was just one thing that I had thought of in the past. Sure. Um, yeah. Did you have any other suggestions for how we could uh, improve the course? Um, you know, I have noticed that a few sentences, it seems like over half the characters are top down words and yeah. then it becomes very difficult to read, but yeah, I mean, that's, it's, it's not that it doesn't happen very often.
stadium. So that was the thing that, you know, sort of, I, I look back on it now and when we were trying to explain how this works to the people who are writing the sentences, now Annie got it eventually, but some of the early levels, I realized that she must have not totally gotten the concept of what we meant by it, like, you know, the top down words. And, you know, we, we explained it to her and she did eventually get it, but it was one of those things, I got it, that it was confusing for them. They were like, wait, so I can't use some of these words. And like, they, they were trying to, it was hard for them to put themselves in the place of a student who doesn't know Chinese, because obviously they yeah. know they're incredibly fluent and not even just fluent, they're, they're teachers and you know, know the language quite well. So there was a few moments where I even realized that I was like, oh, we really need to delete the sentence or not, or at least move it to a later part of the course where it's, and just make it the focus of a different word. Uh, because I was like, oh, this sentence is, yeah, it's half top down words. That's not <laughs> the acquisition zone. You need, if you want to be in the acquisition zone, you want to be like maybe one or two words that you don't know, not yeah. five. So uh, we'll definitely, uh, I was uh, one of Annie's tasks at the moment is to go through and figure out where she might've left out some top down words. And if she did uh, see, okay, is it too many then? Should we move it later? So we'll definitely do that too. For sure. There was, you know, I did have another idea. Um, you know, between 100 and 200 characters, I feel like there's enough, we know enough characters now, um, the students that we could start to try to, uh, you know, formulate sentences on our own. Mm. So one thing that I was thinking about, like, what if every, you know, five characters or so, you had like maybe a little video of you guys, maybe like asking us a question or saying something, right? And then you can say, so now um, try to uh, try to imagine what you would say in that situation um, or, or even just write it down and then you can put in the comments or, um, and then after, and then, and then, and then you just basically give at the end of the video, these are some, these are some examples of things that you might say as a native speaker um, in response to the question that we just, you know, I thought that would be really cool. Yeah. 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 I was thinking, um, you know, cause writing is probably the best form of uh, output. Um, you know, it's, it's funny because you'd think that speaking and, li or, yeah, speaking and listening are kind of the things that people want, which I totally get. Uh, but uh, reading and writing are, you know, reading is the most effective input and writing is the most effective output just in the sense that with writing, you have a chance to think about what you're saying and you could never, I mean, it's not like you don't have time to think about it when you're speaking, but you don't want to be rude. You don't want to be like, hey, let me try saying that sentence to you again, conversation partner. <laughs> but when you're writing, you can obviously delete something, write it again. And so I think having some prompts, there's actually like a, a quiz function in our, um, in the platform that runs the course. And maybe we can find something where we encourage like, okay, see if you can write a sentence with these four characters or whatever, these four words. And uh, yeah, that, that's definitely, I'm not exactly sure how we would be able to grade it. Maybe we could probably, maybe we could hire a, um, a Chinese I mean, teacher to help. You don't have that. to grade it, right? You can just let yeah. people kind of try at least have the, just have the opportunity to, to, to start trying start outputting yeah a little bit of output because it's like you want to you know the input hypothesis is that you definitely want to have as much input as possible and there's a period of time before you even want to try to output but I think I agree with you it's probably around between 100 and 200 characters where you can start you know giving it a shot like on any time you say anything that is a simple sentence that's technically output so yeah that's a good idea yeah we could definitely look into integrating that into into the course in some way we're always in this sort of balance between like you said you're looking forward to the expansion of the course but it's like you know we have to expand but also keep improving based on the feedback but uh you know we'll we'll find that that good balance so gotcha yeah yeah great so then uh i guess an important fairly important question is uh would you 
recommend Mandarin Blueprint to uh, somebody who's interested in learning Chinese? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, you know, after, after getting through, uh, even after, you know, a couple dozen, I was, I started realizing that this is, this is awesome. Um, and now I feel like for, at least for people that are English speakers, I feel like this is probably, this should be probably the standard, um, in terms of how Mandarin should be learned. Um, cause I can't imagine, <laughs> I mean, I tried the other ways and yeah. it just, uh, it just didn't work out, but now I'm actually, the, my progress in the past, uh, I think I've only been doing this for like somewhere between four and eight weeks, but it's, I think it's been uh, pretty incredible. Um, how much I've been able to acquire now that I'm following your guys' method. Wow. Well, um, I, I mean, I can't tell you how I, I never get tired of hearing that. Not because not an ego thing. It's just like a, I'm so happy that it's working for people because you know, we, we just knew that this was a better way because we experienced it and we were like, all right, but nobody's really put this together in this way. And so it's so great. Like the more, the, the more I hear people say how much it's helping them, I just I don't know warms my heart and motivates me to no end. So I really appreciate it. And uh, so um, for anybody who is uh, out there listening to this and you're interested in trying out the course, you can go to mandarinblueprint.com or directly to mandarinblueprint.com slash the Mandarin Blueprint method. And we also have the free trial of the course and I'll make sure all the links for these are in the description for the podcast and of course for the YouTube video. So, um, and Harry, would you like to, get back on a call in maybe about two months and we can check in on your progress and see, you know, if you have any other feedback and what you think of the later phases. Yeah, that sounds, uh, yeah, that'd be great actually. And I, I'd love to see if, um, um, you know, if the com whole community thing, you remember the, uh, you remember that email that, uh, about, about how, uh, it would be great to have a community oh, right. that initiated you guys to start that. So I sent that, I was the one that sent that email. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. About, about that and you know it would be great i was <laughs> there I, th I feel like maybe people just need ideas or just things to stimulate conversation in that mm -hmm. in that community i don't know i haven't glanced at it in a few in like a week or a few days but um things like you know what are some tough characters for you guys or what have been like some most successful scenes and characters i think people would be really interested in and talking about that so hopefully the community can pick up and yeah and, yeah uh, people will start like you know having their own like kind of discussions that would be great yeah absolutely that's a good idea and uh, we've um yet yeah, what you're referring to there is the uh, just it's basically a forum and uh i've been you know amongst the many other things thinking about the uh, various sort of forum topics we could set up and one thing i was thinking that it would be simple is just set up a forum for each level of the course and just have and maybe even a sub levels with each character so if somebody has an issue they can bring it up to their that character and we can make that show up in the main feed uh, uh -huh. that would be fairly simple to set up and then uh, we can set up some kind of automation where we we ask a, a certain question each week and try to get people more engaged that way it's a you know the podcast is um, we're so far people seem to be happy with the way we're doing the podcast that will you know give people video responses to their questions and all of that but it's certainly um, I'd like to get more of that community uh, going. And I think that after I get back to China next week or well, a couple week and a half or so, I'll uh, really hit that hard. Cause I, I would like to see more of that as we can, um, as we move forward, any community engagement is just the most valuable thing to us ever because we just get a chance to see 
I mean, I, I'm so thrilled, by the way, just how many people are submitting their scenes and submitting their uh, prop suggestions. Like this week alone, we had something like 25 different prop suggestions, and wow. we're, catalog we're cataloging all of them. So like we're going to make sure that it's like it's glorious because we're getting an actual community-based, uh, user-generated set of suggestions. So, And for people who are on the course, when you're looking at any pick-a-prop lesson or any movies, uh, uh, you know, make a movie lesson, take a look at the comments because there might just be a, um, a few suggestions down there. And it's really cool that that's happening because that's only going to keep growing as, as time goes on. So we'll get the, the forum going, going well. And um, yeah, so Harry, thanks again. And um, is there anything else you'd like to you know, say before we uh, sign off? You know, one thing that I think would be really cool for, um, for other students is that um, I started applying the blueprint method to, um, to learning other things. Oh, yeah. So in, in, in medicine, I'm, for example, I'm taking my board exams, my big exams pretty soon. Um, and I've realized that there's a bunch of things in medicine that are rote memorization. Like I'll have to remember just like numbers one through 10 of a molecule, they all do like different things, right? And then there's no good way. There are some things that, you know, they have a lot of context, so it's easy to memorize, but some things are much more difficult to memorize. So I actually started creating uh, blueprint method scenes for some of these things, which makes, which made the memorization actually, I felt like much easier. So I think I would suggest, you know, anyone listening, um, anyone that's doing um, the blueprint method, if you have things in, or maybe you're in school, maybe you're in college, or maybe you're not, but maybe you in your day-to-day -day work, if there's things to memorize, you can actually apply this. And I, I feel like it's actually, it took a little bit of creativity, definitely, because mm -hmm. I can't apply the same actors and props, um, obviously, right. but, yeah. but you can kind of mold it. And you have the skills uh, after doing a few dozen characters, you have the skills to, to do that. And it's, it's yeah. pretty awesome. Yeah, I've been doing things, a lot of things like that. You know, one of the things you can do when you can become a little bit more advanced in Chinese is um, because there's so few um, syllables in the language, the numbers in the language almost always relate to another word. So uh, if I have uh, some digits I need to memorize, like recently I, was, I went to an Airbnb in the Delaware Water Gap with a couple of friends and there was a code to get inside the house. And the code was uh, 0534 or 0534. And I went, okay, Ling. well, that, there's a word for, that uses the, the zero, which is Ling uh, Shi, which means like zero food, AKA like snack food. It's like thing, chips and popcorn. They call that stuff, that whole category of food, Ling Shi. That's kind of an awesome way to put it. Like this is okay. no value, zero value food. Uh -huh. And uh, so I was imagining a dancing potato chip bag. And why was it dancing? Because is the same the second number is the same as the character in dance tell the actual wu means dance so i was like okay there's a dancing bag of chips and then uh sen for me is always just the triforce from legend of zelda it's just easy for me to imagine <laughs> and then si, the reason why it's the most unlucky number in chinese number four is because it's so close to si, which means to die and so what happens is the bag of chips is dancing around and then link comes in with the triforce and then uh they all suddenly drop dead and then i remembered that those four digits forever and so like there's these things that you can apply and some of them are unique to chinese or something but it's all just the things that first pop into your head whoever you are whatever your associations are with things and there's it's totally applicable to things beyond uh chinese it's just that you know 
uh, Chinese is one of, I, I, you know, I would contend that if you want to learn how to get good at memory palaces and mnemonics, Chinese is one of the best objects you could, Chinese characters are one of the best objects you could possibly pick to get how it all works because it, it uses objects and faces and, you know, spatial imaging and all of that and movement and interaction in this way. So, you know, maybe people should use the Mandarin blueprint method just to get good at mnemonics. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, yeah, there's so many benefits that, uh, that I didn't realize. Yeah, it's fantastic. Well, thank you so much for joining the call, Harry. And uh, we'll set up a meeting to talk again in a couple of months and we'll see how you're doing. All right. Sounds good. Thanks. Awesome. Thank you.